Earlier this morning, we talked about Hebrews, and one of the major topics in the book of Hebrews, as we mentioned, was apostasy. That is, um, what happens when somebody in the church leaves the church? And that was definitely, that was the centerpiece of our discussion today. In Hebrews chapter 5, he was saying for, he was basically talking to the Hebrews and saying, you know, I want to talk about some some really good theology, but and then in Hebrews five twelve he says, "For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need to be you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not food, uh, solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish." good from evil. And then he goes into a discussion of apostasy and discusses those essentially who are in the church but who um, eventually walk away. And then he comes back to the same topic. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We talked about how the, the end, beginning and the end are tied together uh, by the same word, either lazy or sluggish, where they were sluggish about their discipleship. All right? um, or at least they could be. All right? These particular ones, well, they certainly have not been very responsible in their Bible study. And so therefore, he's like, I have to give you milk because you are too immature. So then, don't be sluggish, but be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. In other words, for the author here, uh, one of the chief ways of avoiding apostasy was, in fact, work, study, learning discernment. It's very active. All his words here are extremely active. It is, solid food is for the mature, those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. All right? Trained by constant practice. This is extremely active kind of work. And we also talked about the the uh, garden metaphor, right? What he talks about there is, you know, weeds and whatnot. All right, uh, those who let their gardens go might actually find their garden completely dead. All right, because weeds and briars have taken over. All right, this is not what we are to be like. We are to be, as it said, constantly working on our powers of discernment by constant practice. So I just want to read some scriptures, and we're going to read together. Some things related to discernment discernment and related to training. There's a great deal more than what we're going to read today. Uh, But here's some, at least for us to start. If you would, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read some things to see what what, what this discernment is like. What it is, what it isn't, things we can do. Romans chapter 12, 
says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. A lot of people, they look for, you know, what's the will of God in my life? Should I do this? Should I do that? That is not what this is talking about, clearly. This is, what is the will of God? You, you need to discern what the will of God. What are we talking about? Well, it says here, what is good and acceptable and perfect? This is talking about making right decisions. This is talking about doing good things with your time. Not necessarily, okay, should I go to this college or another? Right? That's not what this is about. This is about discernment. All right? This is about discernment of right and wrong. We are not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of the mind, that by testing you may discern. Once again, active. This is not a passive thing. This is active. This is a command. Do not be conformed, but be transformed. You should pray for God to help you in this. But this is an active thing that you do as a Christian that you must yourself seek. Please turn to 1 Peter. Here. Yeah. Testing that he says that by testing, mm-hmm. is it like tests or temptations or whatever that you go through, or that by testing options? Uh, yeah, and I don't think it's experimental. I think it's ultimately, uh, I think it's ultimately discussion, all right? Whereby testing, so basically you have, here's a thing that comes up, and you're like, is this the right, if I did this, is this a sin, or is this not? Or if I do this, is this harmful, or is this not? I think it's, um, you look at the thing, you examine the thing, and try to, based on the scriptures, figure out what is the right thing. And, I th- and one of the major things is we'll see, um, well, at least some basic principles for this, is to talk with others in the church about things. So I think by testing, it's not, you know, when we think testing, you're right. It could be temptation. I don't think that's it. And I also don't think it's experimentation. Let's try this thing to see if this thing is good or bad. Um, there might be a place for that. I think it's test it in comparison with the scriptures to see what is good and right. That's how I take it. So 1 Peter, uh, chapter 1, verse 13. All right, this is uh, what Peter says to his people here. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And I chose that one because it's very similar language to, to the book of Romans. All right, Do not be conformed. What's the subject in this particular case? And I, I assume it's actually the same. Right? Peter is writing to Gentiles, as was Paul. Paul was writing to a church he did not know. Well, he knew about it, but he'd never been there. He'd never been to Rome at that point. He wanted to be with them. He was writing this, and he's telling these people in this pagan city, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. What do I mean by the world? Well, sure, the evil demonic systems, but very specifically, the Roman world that you happen to be sitting in, which is the center 
of this incredibly wicked empire. Do not be conformed to that particular world. And here's Peter also um, sending really more to Asia Minor, but still the same Roman evil world. Be not conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. This is about the will of God. This is about, ultimately, how do you live? Second Timothy, if you would, 2.15. This is Paul talking to Timothy, right, as a minister. The other ones are not targeted to ministers at all. The book of Hebrews is not targeted to ministers, all right? This need for active building of discernment is not a minister thing. However, here's Paul writing to Timothy, because it's obviously relevant for them too. Second uh, Timothy 2, verse 14. Remind them, meaning the church, of these things, and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. All right? This is something we should all be doing. When it's talking in the book of Hebrews about you're all a bunch of babies. I can't do anything except talk about basic Bible stuff to you because you're just a bunch of babies. You need to get to work. All right? You need to pay way closer attention to the things that you hear so that we can move on to more advanced things. All right? you, as he says there, you should all be teachers. Clearly they weren't. All right? And here's Paul talking to a teacher. What are, you, what are you supposed to do as a teacher? Well, ultimately the same thing with someone who's not a teacher. You need to make sure you handle the word of truth. Because, you know what, before you become a teacher, what do you got to do? Right? You, don't, you don't become a teacher and then go, well, I guess I should start studying now. All right? That's not how that works. Uh, you're supposed to prepare for one, right? and then you become one after you've already gotten skills. Right? That's, that's, that's how it works. Right? So that's super important. Get that order right. It's everyone's job as a Christian. All right? to get yourself to the point of where you could teach. Right? That may not be your role, but you should get yourself to the point where you should teach, where you could teach. That teaching might be within the context of the church standing up in front of people. This might be just a conversation you, have in, you have, end up having with a coworker where you need to correct something. And you're prepared for it because you're ready in season and out of season. All right? You are ready to properly interpret the Word of God because you have been training, all right? Whichever role of a teacher you end up being, public, one-on-one, your own children, all right? Whatever it is, a teacher. You can't do that unless you train. Uh, Turn to Ephesians, if you would. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. How do, how do you keep from someone deceiving you with empty words? Oh, you have to study. Okay, 
that would work. I, I agree with what you just said. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try, all right, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is. Right? Once again, the will of the Lord comes up. What is this? It's once again, not what, you know, what college should I go to? No. It's talking about sin or righteousness. And if you think about the whole garden metaphor that we talked about earlier of all right, you are a garden and God will send blessings to you. All right? God will send the rain. Your job as the gardener all right, is to pluck out the weeds. Your job of the gardener, all right, is to pluck out the thorns and everything you don't want in there so the actual fruit can grow, all right? But if you don't do that, then all of those weeds and all that stuff could ultimately destroy you, the garden. And in the end, all that's left is thorns, and in the end, all that is left is something that is ready to be burned, according to Hebrews. Okay, well, how does this work with terms of discernment, all right? Easy, all right? You've got to discern what the will of the Lord is, what is right and wrong in certain situations. If you do the wrong things, what is it going to lead you to do? It's going to lead you away from the Lord, right? If you're not focused on that, if you're not really trying hard on that, you, go, you might go, oh, well, I can do these things. These things are, these probably are not bad for me, all right? And so you start doing those things, and what those things are doing is they are planting bad things in your garden, all right? Because you failed to take the effort to discern what the will of the Lord is, which is these things are actually bad, all right? This is, I think, the connection ultimately between apostasy, all right, and discernment and learning, all right? By learning, by taking the effort to try to be a good disciple, you start seeing the things all right, and are better to judge the things which are wrong and which are right and what are helpful in the long run or which are unhelpful in the long run. That, I do believe, is ultimately the connection there. Turn to Proverbs, if you would. Two simple Proverbs that apply to a great deal more, I think, than our subject matter. However, they're still useful. Uh, Proverbs 18 is our first one. Proverbs 18, 17. This applies to every single bit of news that you consume, by the way. The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. What does that mean? Just make an argument. You hear the first one you think. 
This is definitely right. Yeah, exactly. When you read the next one, you're like, oh, it was done. Yeah, yeah. The first thing, the first, you know, the first position you hear on something will tend to bias you towards that thing. So it is incredibly important to then go, all right, let me find the counter position to judge. All right. And so how does this work in terms of discerning what is right and what is wrong? Morally. You got to examine it. And you go, okay, is this good or is this bad? Let's see what people, what Christians say about this thing. All right. Arguments for, arguments against. And of course, the generic thing, I mean, it applies to basically all knowledge, generally speaking. Anything you ever hear, this is a good, pretty good plan. All right. But when it comes to Bible study, all right, talk to people, try to understand. All right. Here are different positions on things. See how people approach one person to person another, and you'll have a better chance of understanding it. Proverbs 27. Often, this one is often used in the, in the context of discipleship, and I think is entirely appropriate. Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Discipleship, Christianity was never meant to be a solo act. Right? That's why there is the church. Right? Sometimes it's very helpful to have somebody along the way more than just the weekly meeting of the church. All right? Sometimes that can be your spouse or family member or friend. If you need encouragement, find that person. All right? Be diligent to find that person. And work with them. And let them encourage you, and you encourage them. Last thing, 1 Corinthians, please. Jumping all around. And this is to reflect on our, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And part of two. There is wisdom in the world. There are some right things that the world says. God, through natural revelation, this is a long Christian opinion, um, through natural revelation has made certain people very wise and they will say very wise things. This is why a lot of people go, you know, Plato, yeah, he was wrong on a lot of things, but... There's a lot of wisdom there, right? Why? A lot of Christians adopted Plato despite the fact that he was clearly a pagan. All right? And I enjoy Plato. He's pretty cool. Also wrong, but still cool. However, all right, even though there is certainly wisdom within the world, all right, and there are things that we can learn from non believers, there is, all right, a wisdom that is from God that is absurd to the world. And we must recognize that, and we must ultimately embrace it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discerning of the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? 
For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And this is part of developing Christian discernment and Christian knowledge. If you don't know the scriptures, it's very hard when you're reading a pagan source, which might totally mean well. And by pagan, I mean just anyone that's not Christian. All right. If you don't know the scriptures, it's very difficult sometimes to tell if this is right or if this is wrong. If this is coming from a good place or if this is coming from a bad place. All right. Understand the wisdom of God because there will be certain areas in which the wisdom of God will be entirely at odds with the wisdom of the world. And if you don't know it, you might not notice that this particular bit of wisdom will take you in a very wrong direction. Chapter 2. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's that ridiculous message that Paul was just talking about, that folly message. Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and a power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet, among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age, or of the rulers of this age, who are doomed to pass away. We impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart, in this, we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is judged, but himself is to be judged by no one. Something we talked about earlier. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. All right? Seeking wisdom is an active thing, all right? And it is not an active thing in the sense of, I'll come and listen to someone talk about it once a week. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is, as much as you can, seek the wisdom of God, all right, actively, as an exercise 
Prepare yourself to be as if you're going to teach something. One thing I've noticed is one of the best ways to get material in my head is to prepare to teach that. All right? Teaching us also helps too, but it's, it's the preparation because it's like, oh, I got a lot of pressure. You know, I got to make sure I don't sound like a total idiot you know, when I'm standing in front of these people. Um, prepare yourself to be a teacher. All right? Who knows what your opportunity will be? You might get the opportunity to talk to thousands. You might get your opportunity to talk to one random stranger. And you will need that knowledge when that happens. Both are extremely valuable. All right? And through that, you will help build your ability to withstand apostasy. All right? Or, in the words of Edward Cook, all right? By doing these things, you are less likely to forget about God because you daily put effort all right, into prayer and study. My way of never... Uh, I've, I've created a way for me where if I'm going to not pray or study, I have to intentionally avoid doing it, all right? which means I, generally speaking, don't. All right. It's very simple. Um, I have a to-do list generated for me every day based on a template I have, and one of those things in there is essentially study and pray. All right. It's part of my to-do list early in the day, and so I have to, if I'm not going to do that thing, I have to read through my list and delete it or skip it intentionally. All right. It's very helpful for me. If you like me, are weak, and you need a crutch, then I totally recommend it, because it's very helpful to me to do this. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to, dis- I don't have to decide, oh, wait, I need to put Bible study and prayer on my list today. It's already there, every day. It's just, it's just part of my morning routine. Boom. Don't even have to think about it. Totally recommend it. All right? And if you want to do it more than once a day, then, well, same technique would work for that too. Okay. So be discerning, all right? And how do you be discerning? Be a student. Work hard. Train dil- diligently, all right? Maybe you'll be a teacher of someone else at the very least. It'll help you weed your own garden, all right? And so in the end, you're able to discern what is good and evil and keep bad things from being planted into your garden. Any thoughts? That's that's all I have prepared today. Okay. So this week, study. Show yourself to be a good workman, approved by God. Studying the scriptures. Okay? Okay. Frank, will you pray for us, please?